God, dig that. Now, ladies and gentlemen, repeat after me. Sabrina's Dirty Deeds. <laughs> yeah. Hello, Sab. Well, hello there, Jamie. I was almost going to call you Sabrina then. Oh, were you? I don't think I've ever called you Sabrina. No. My mother used to call me that when I was in serious trouble. Oh, so when you hear that, do you still get a little shot yeah, up the spine? Yeah, a little bit, a little bit frightened. Yeah. Yeah, run. Hello, that's Sabrina. It. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Sabrina meant run. Run, otherwise you're going to cop a clip. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because okay. back in the olden days, that's what you did with kids when they were little buggers. Gave them just, a smack? Yeah, smack over the back of the head or something. I did all right when I was a kid. I got smacked once, I remember. Once? Only once. I was a pretty good kid. But I used to get sent to my room to think about what I'd done. Oh. That was the... And what did you think about in your room, Jamie? Uh, I actually used to take it a bit seriously. Oh, did you? Yeah, I was a bit of a worried kid sometimes. Oh, a little yeah. stressful thing. Yeah. Oh. But then I had a telly in my room when I got oh. a bit older. <laughs> and then just flick that on. Quickly turn it off when I could hear Dad coming down the hallway. <laughs> We used to get very good at climbing trees. Oh, yeah. Because there's no way your parents were going to climb a tree. The escape route. have to call yeah. the fire department like <laughs> yeah. a dodgy cat to get you down. <laughs> now, we were very good. We were like little monkeys, really. Yeah, right. Certainly behaved like them from time to time. Yeah. But we had safety in numbers. Five kids, you all split off in different directions. Oh, I like that. Yeah, a bit it of a works pack. a treat. Mentality. It works a treat. Your dog's trying to get inside. Yeah, Did you hear that in the background? Yeah, the the scraping of a paw on yeah. the door? She doesn't like the heat. Oh, okay. Um, we'll let her so in. So that's, yeah. She's just gone, oh, no, I've been outdoors enough now. I think it might be time to come in. Yeah, come inside, yeah, see what's right. going on. I like that the door's now been opened yes. uh, by yep. a mate of yours and yep. she's not coming in. She's like, nah. <laughs> that's she's a little bit like food. Hank. Oh, she's found food. <laughs> Hank just does she's, what he wants. Yeah. yeah. That's funny. Yeah, um, yeah the only good. time I got smacked was mum and she mm. used the... Uh, the uh, wooden... Oh, wooden spoon. The spoon. It yeah. snapped straight on my bum. Oh, that was a hard smack or know, a she really gave useless it. She made thing. up for, you know, 10 years of no smacks and just wow. went bang. She oh. felt pretty guilty after that too. I bet she did. Yeah. I bet you got chocolates and... All that good know. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you sneaky little Prey upon that Catholic guilt <laughs> of hers, I reckon. <laughs> Uh, anyway, it's good to see you, Sab, uh, yes. along with our mates from DeSatco. Uh, DeSatco.com is where you can find out good mulch, all that stuff. Yep. I use it uh, thick. Do you? Thick Lay it on, on my thick. garden. Lay it on, well, not too thick, about five centimetres, actually. Right. Um, and tell you what, in summer, you've got to have that little bit of coverage yep. on, your, on your plants. They, they thank you for it. Right. They so do. good time to get some mulch going in the yep. garden. When and, it's pretty warm. And DeSatco sell it in big bags, like those big, like one cubic metre bags. Gee whiz. That's what you want. Okay. Then you look at it and you go, oh, now I have to spread that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you get it in the little bags, it's not so daunting really. No. But I'd use my garden. Uh, I use three bulker bags. Okay. Three, three cubic metres. How often do you do that? Uh, about once every four months. Really? Yep. Okay. That's why I have this body, like this, like you know, it's magnificent body that I'm in. The Jane. goddess, because <laughs> because of all my work in the garden. It ticks a couple of boxes, doesn't it? <laughs> there you go. Anyway, check it out. You can see what they've got down at thesatco.com. Um, brought a mate in today. So. Yes, I'm very excited because you know I get very excited about soil. Yes. Um, Tilly's excited too because you can hear her panting in the background. <laughs> 
so this is how you know we're coming to you live because uh, you get all the noises of the entire yeah, neighbourhood. That's it. Dogs panting in the background. <laughs> Scratching at the door to come in. We're recording in the morning so there's no kind of bottles clashing in the back. If we do the no. Arvo one, that's when you, <laughs> you hear that. One o'clock. Yeah. But um, so I've, I've bought in um, uh, someone who's as probably even more passionate about soil than I am. So Hello. Ellen Walker from... Um, Earthwise Australia, Earthwhile, Earthwhile Australia, Earthwhile, yeah. but she is very wise, actually. So, um, welcome and thank you for coming to our little podcast. Good morning and thank you. It's a delight to be here. And uh, so, you like playing in the dirt? <gasps> I love playing in the dirt. Mm. I love dirt. So we're really passionate about actually rather than dirt, soil. So dirt that has living things in it that then we can call soil. So the living things in there we just don't get to see and we're really excited and passionate about telling people what's in their their soil and showing them too. So we have microscopes and we can actually look down at those little critters and then we can actually work out or show people what they do and why they're so good for our soil and our plants. Without the critters, we don't have healthy plants. So what sort of critters are we... And we're talking microscopic, clearly. Yes, yes. Because um, that's why you have a microscope. Um, so you can get microscopic. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. okay. It's making sense to me so far. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Are we keeping it at the right level? <laughs> <laughs> so what... What sort of critters are you talking about when you look at a soil sample? Mm. We're particularly interested in finding bacteria and there's millions and millions of bacteria in a little little bit of soil. And then we're also looking at fungi and protozoa and, uh, back, uh, and nematodes and nematodes are like little worms. So these things, they are really essential. They're part of a, what we call a soil food web. Right. And why they're really important is because we follow the work of a, a person called Dr. Elaine Ingham who went back and uh, she took samples of, or pots of soil and some sterile soil and planted a plant in it and then sterile soil with bacteria, soil with fungi, some with protozoa and some with just nematodes and some with various combinations. The only plants that thrived were the ones that were in pots that had everything in them. So you need all four of those things, bacteria, fungi, protozoa and nematodes. And they're just amazing to see when you see them through the, through the microscope and they have shapes and what they do, they move around. And this is all in our soil. Some of them are fast-moving little buggers too. Yeah, mm. got a bit yeah. of speed to them. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we saw one in, in your, your yeah. plot this morning yeah. when it was batch, yeah. Right, so when I walked in this morning to, to see <laughs> you guys, there was a microscope set up and you were looking through that at some of your soil, yeah. Sab. So what, yeah. did, what did you find? How's her soil stacking up? Well, we certainly saw lots of organisms there. So we didn't actually do a, an assessment as such, but we saw testate amoeba. So they're like round with a, a oval, more of an oval shape with a shell on them. And we saw a really fast moving nematode that was just wiggling, wiggling, wiggling in the soil and lots and lots of bacteria and some nice fungi sort of uh, like coloured fungi strands and um, yes, so it's looking very promising. Mm. Doing must okay. Be, you must yeah, know what you're doing, Sab. Well, must well, be all that mulch that you're putting you know, on it. Uh, yeah, all <laughs> the DeSacco mulch. But I put I whack in the compost, Ellen. So yeah. does compost have all those things in it usually? Uh, so no, it, it depends. So when you're making your own compost at home, then yes, it's really likely that it will have because you're actually putting in 
uh, manures and or your you know, veggie scraps and things like that. And so that's where all of those organisms are going to be growing from. If you're buying a compost that is effectively like recycled waste, mm -hmm. you probably won't have as many of those organisms there. And some of the better quality compost will have some organisms, but maybe not lots because they're actually needing to... Um, to get rid of all the pathogens and of course when you're getting rid of pathogens you're getting rid of good guys as well oh the good and the bad do you mm. get what you pay for with compost and things like that when you go look at it or is there more to it than just the price tag i think there's more to it than just the price tag but you also need to be thinking about what it is that you're going to use the compost for do you want it to inoculate your soil with organisms or do you want it to feed the organisms that you've already got and so we use compost as this uh, this term but it's actually really broad when you start digging down into it but best thing is to make yours at home and then you don't have to pay for it then you don't have to worry about how much you're paying you can do it yourself mm. um is that where it all starts with your soil if if i'm looking at my garden i'm thinking uh, i want to kind of get this a little better i want to start doing new things is should i be looking at what my soil actually is and what's in it before i go anywhere anywhere else it's a great idea but before you even do that if you've got weeds in it just leave them there leave the weeds leave the weeds how come? leave the weeds jamie <laughs> that's music to my ears let me tell you <laughs> Yeah, All the gardeners are now going, yes! <laughs> <laughs> because the weeds are actually pumping out food for the organisms. Right. So through their roots, they take the sunshine. So they're basically making it out of thin air. They take the sunshine, they bring the carbon out of the air, they combine it with the moisture and the light, and they actually make sugars. Okay. And the microbes like to eat these sugars. Okay, so leave the weeds in is leave step number one. Leave the weeds in is step number one. That I can do. Yeah, <laughs> excellent. And then then from there, we're going to, if we look at your soil and you can sort of see whether you, you know, what you've got in it, then you also might want to think about what you want to grow. Do you want to grow veggies or do you want to grow trees? Because they have different levels of uh, fungi to, ra uh, ratios of fungi to bacteria that you might need so presumably if you're growing like a, a fast crop yes. uh, like veggies yes. then they would require different different things to if you had um if you're putting in say some gum trees yes yes so so are you saying so you need to know what the base is first you need to have a have a healthy soil to start with before you even start looking at these ratios but perhaps if we go back a little bit and just think about well what do these organisms do so the bacteria they they take up all take up nutrients they um into their bodies but they don't release those nutrients <laughs> And the fungi are a bit the same. They take up nutrients, but they don't t release them as such. And so we refer to those as being like bags of fertiliser. But bags of fertiliser aren't any use in your, in your shed or, or if you've got nutrients in your pantry, they're not much good to, you, to, to the, the family around the dinner table. So we need some spreaders and preparers to, to actually get those nutrients and spread them out there. Right. Where did it start for you? When did you start being interested and engaged in soil? Probably as a as a kid, I was you know, interested in growing things, and then we sort of went through some of the the no dig gardening stages and things happening, and then just more and more realizing that the soil is not an inert thing; it's actually something that is living, and it what you put in your soil is what's actually going to come through your plants. So, it it I guess uh, probably a few years ago. And then when this part really happened was getting to visit a friend down um, Busselton Way and we looked through his microscope. He makes compost too, but he, he, we looked through his microscope and there was really living things. And I just went, wow, this is incredible. 
And there's so many different shapes, isn't there? There is. There's there's ones that, as I say, the, the fungi that are like tree branches and there's the, the nematodes like worms and the bacteria, they get little round ones and you get oval ones and long rod ones. So you get all of those ones and then you, then you get the protozoa. And so the protozoa, some of those are sort of the ones that stay fairly still, a bit like I said, the oval ones with a shell around them. Uh, think about an egg, that sort of thing. And then you've got ones that are a bit like Ellen in a rowboat that just keep going bumbling around, and if, especially if you've only got one oar and you keep going round and round. Then you've got the ones that are really big and hairy and they're like the race drivers of the, the race car drivers in the soil. And you'll see those and they just sort of pretty much take over the whole microscope screen <laughs> and, so you go, and they're all their hairs around the outside or <laughs> whatever. Wow. So, yeah, yeah. How cool is that? So there's obviously this association between plant and nutrient uptake and exactly what's in the soil so can you sort of explain that that relationship yes i think well let's have a go so basically the the plants take up there's around about 17 essential nutrients that plants take plants need to grow so if you think about in conventional methods people will be trying to put those 17 nutrients in to the soil when plants are checked, they find that they've got something like 60, 65 nutrients, you know, for, for ones that have been grown organically. Mm. So I like to think of a bit about like the pepper that we have on our table. Mm. So pepper's not essential to our, our being alive. Oh, it is for me. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> there's always got to be one, doesn't there? <laughs> but, but we use it as, you know, and it makes other food taste really good. Yes. So in the, in the soil... You've got the nutrients there, but it's the, oh, the, the, you know, the sugars I was talking about, Jamie, that these sugars, they make those in different recipes. It's like making cookies and cakes. So you might particularly like fruit cake and Sav might particularly like date and walnut nut cake and, you know, Bonnie might like uh, mince pies. And it will make, and, and we all have these different skills and you different resources. And so the plant says, mm, I want some of what Jamie can get me. I'll go and make him a fruit cake. And yeah, I make a date more night cake because I know that Sab's got some stuff. So the plant's in control. It sends out these little signals. The microbes come and they bring what the plant wants, whether that be a bit of boron, a bit of um, iodine or selenium or whatever. It's clever. They are so clever and they bring it at the right time. So the nutrient uptake, if you think about it, if you want to fertilise, if you want to grow without these microbes in your soil, you're going to have to feed the plants exactly what they... Just like tube feeding in a hospital or something to keep you alive. Mm. The right amounts at the right time. So that's a really interesting take because for gardeners, Mm. you know, 20 years ago, gardeners looked at plants, not the soil at all, Mm. and kept thinking they had to fertilise the plants all the time Mm. to get the plants to grow, and and they did grow, Mm. but, but there was no... They didn't look at the soil. They just went, oh, here's a plant. It's got an iron deficiency. I must put on iron chelates. Mm. So it's actually a reversal of that, isn't it? It is a reversal of that. And because what we're now realising is that when we start feeding, like doing this tube feeding or whatever of the plants, and we sort of often refer to it as like having a KFC or something down the road, that uh, when you've got that all the time, then you just don't bother to stock your pantry. Mm-hmm. You don't bother to learn to cook mm. and things. And so the plant stops putting out those exudates. 
And so when KFC or the other bits have closed down, the tube feeding stopped, the plant no longer can get those nutrients when it needs it. So, so it becomes too reliant in a way, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And then our soil ends up with all these depletions because those nutrients that we're putting on, they'll just actually wash through and we get all this blue-green algae and things mm. like that happening. Mm. So fertiliser runoff is a major problem, isn't it? We see it in our Swan Coastal regions yeah. in the reports that have been done. And the scary part is that a lot of those, the nitrogen and the phosphorus in our, in our Swan Coastal areas actually comes from home gardeners putting on organic fertilisers, your, you know, your horse poops, your cattle, yeah. All yes. the manures, because the they leach through so quickly. Yeah, and if you don't have the biology, it's not there to hold on to it. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that. How, yeah. how diverse is the, the range of soils that we see here in Perth, and can you almost tell where it's come from by looking at it? As far as the biology goes, yeah. no. No, you can't, because it's like, um, and but there's every sample pretty much has something different in it. It's always just a little bit exciting and, and different. But no, I can't really tell. Um, other than the fact that you'll have like a lot of clay, like, like a lot of silty bits in, uh, in some regions and, and not in others. So how can I assess the quality of my soil at home? What's the, the best way to go about that? So it's a, well, you can actually look at the physical properties and things. As far as the biological properties, that's pretty hard to do at the moment. But we go and visit, do lots of uh, visits and different workshops and different things where, where people can actually bring their soil sample and have a look. And we really encourage community organisations to get trained up, get their own microscope and be able to show home gardeners what's there because you can't see these organisms with the naked eye. But you can see, if, say, if you go down to the beach and you pick up a bucket of beach sand and then you go up in the hills... Mm. Well, physically, you can you can see that there's colour and there mm. might be more organic matter, and so uh, the the lot of the west coast line in Western Australia, um, certainly around the urban areas, appears to be quite sandy. It doesn't seem to hold on to anything really. But <laughs> but it still has organisms in it. Yeah. Well, we have a lot mm. of native plants that grow in it. So yeah. Yeah. Clearly, there must be something there. Yes, which yes. Is quite heartening. Um, Jamie's excited now because he's not going to pull out a weed for, <laughs> for another year. I haven't done it for a while, so <laughs> much to the neighbours' disgust, I reckon. Are I've we got allowed? dodgy back stabs. So I can't bend over big <laughs> enough at the moment. That's so exactly there you go. Right. Yeah, that's yeah. Exactly. But right. who knew I was just you know adding to the health of my soil? So <laughs> absolutely. When I kick back in, it's just going to be thriving and ready to go. <laughs> Yeah. But you do eventually, if you want to plant other stuff, you will need to get rid of the weeds. The weeds you? will actually get rid of themselves. But in the meantime, as, when you want to actually clear the physical space, mm. then yes, but don't get rid of your weeds. Put them in your compost. Mm. They make, and actually, yeah, they, they'll make really great compost. Yeah. And they're full of nutrients as well. Yes, because they actually draw up the nutrients in their leaves. They basically are drawing up nutrients that are often short in the soil. Mm. And so you That's then, why they thrive when other stuff yeah, struggles. Yeah. And then you go and make them into a tea mm. and put it onto your, onto your plants mm. and you get all those nutrients back. Plant tea. Plant, Plant tea. tea. Right. That, so, so that's little bits of, of things, but even better when they're going through the compost. The, the compost actually um, – so, so why we're talking so much about the compost is that they act as like a sponge and effectively the microbes are going and they're mining the nutrients. So if you think about magnets – and if you think about the organic matter and the compost being like a magnet that attracts the nutrients, and so it actually sticks 
you know, they've got this magnetic attraction that the nutrients stick to this organic matter and then you need the biology to come and get it off that to supply the plant when the plant's telling it to. So that's why you really need the compost and the organic matter, let alone the fact that it holds so much moisture. Sounds like it's the kind of thing you've always got to keep on top of a little bit too. You know, is it always evolving and changing? And it is a it is a bit, but it's just like ordinary gardening. So you, when you're observing and you're watching, and um, you know, you're talking about the the soils and and where they come from and things. Uh, but say when we've seen when we've actually been looking at people's soils, sometimes you can actually put too much goodies on, and so you're not getting the biology in there. Right. But um, as far as actually checking if you've got healthy plants all year round and you're not having to feed them jamie then there's a good chance you've got your biology's pretty spot on are we seeing more people um interested in the the biology of their soil and going out and testing and things like that absolutely so we're seeing that and and part of that is that regenerative farming movement the regenerative farming movement is about sort of um regenerating soil so actually getting it instead of sustainable so because sustainable we often see as sustainable is just keeping things the same as they are but things are degenerated and they've been depleted and so they're improving things and so when we see the farmers are out there and getting this stuff and and using biology then we know that we're on the right track so yeah so so for instance we've got um, farmers out there like 20,000 30,000 hectares that are using compost and compost teas reducing their fertilizer inputs reducing all their herbicides and things like that to get things growing nice and nutrient dense and so mm. so do so do some fertilizers and some uh, herbicides do mm. they actually affect do they have an adverse effect on the biology of the soil? They certainly do. And so that's one of the reasons So that a lot of the fertilisers that we buy are salt-based. And so they're not like the salt that you put on the table, but they're salt-based. And salt tends to dry things out. And that's what happens. The organisms get dried out. So we say that you, if you want to use fertiliser, and there's certainly a transition period, Put so approximately twenty percent of the fertilizers taken up by the plants that you put on the soil. The other eighty percent's washed away. What we suggest is you take that twenty percent and you put it in your compost. And so when you're making your compost, and you'll get your nutrients that way. So and and of course the herbicides or the pesticides, what are they meant to kill? Mm. Well, kill everything it? really. Yeah. And so you've got it in this living thing. Yeah. And it obviously can have a, a similar outcome. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It can certainly kill the stuff that's doing the work underneath, and that makes sense. But not don't don't panic. I mean, because it's a bit like taking antibiotics. Sometimes we really feel we need to take antibiotics, but what do we do? We reboot our systems. So if you do need to use any of these things, then make sure you add some compost. Right. So because the compost is like it absorbs some of these bits. It it's just helping the system get back on track. So well, yep. that's that's promising. It's very promising. Some good news. That's very good news. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm so excited about um, about all the little bits that I've I've seen in the microscope on my soil samples. Yeah. And I think it takes that to actually understand mm-hmm. how much life is in soil. There's so much, isn't there? It's all those little samples were just yeah. buzzing around, weren't they? Yeah. Mm. Oh, you could eat it. <laughs> Well, they encourage children to eat dirt. Really? Yeah. Why? Because, well, you know. You're getting those microbes. So yeah. do you know about a third of the microbes that you find in soil, you also find in your in your gut. 
right. in your gut microbiome. So about a third of the ones are mm. pretty much similar. So how are they going to get there? There you go. The old dirt pies. Yep. <laughs> Not as bad as I thought they were. <laughs> Maybe a weed pie for you, Jamie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we go down a different road there, couldn't we? <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> what are you suggesting? <laughs> Just because well, I'm a young you know. guy with a beard? Come on. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I know what you mean. It's my weedy garden. Well, and, and, and actually on that point though, yeah. so hemp growers are really, you'll find that one of the biggest take-ups of this biological farming is in hemp growing. Oh, right. Mm. Oh, good to see they're good, clean growers. And has that come down to, I suppose, um, looking at that sustainability side of things mm. and not wanting to use, you know, pesticides and things like that to, to keep things going? Um. I honestly I don't know the the real reason for yeah. it, but it just surprises me that so many people are going down this 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 track. Maybe it's because of the strength or the quality of the of the hemp that's being produced, or um, or nutritional value type of thing of it. Right. But yeah, Ellen, <laughs> thank you so much for coming yeah. in and actually simplifying things so that people have an understanding of of the importance of actually having the whole shoot and match in there. Like, mm. you know, you can't have the fungi without the bacteria. You can't have the bacteria with the with all the zoology, basically, <laughs> that's in there as well. So You need those bags, you need those spreaders, and you certainly need to know what you've got there so that you're looking after the environment and feeding your family healthy food. Healthy. Mm. Champion. Good stuff. Hey, good to see you. Um, good to see you too, Sab. And um, head down to desatco.com. Can have a look at what's going on. Get some mulch for the weekend. Absolutely. They might even make compost. 